Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of of California. California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show. Bro, we're fucking geniuses. Oh, crack open a cold Exactly, uh, it's supposed to be a silent intro. You go let the music play. What, what kind of host are you? What's this garbage? Hey, man. Garbage. Hey, man, what you doing drinking that water? You shouldn't be drinking water. You should be drinking... Fuck, what do Italians drink? I don't know. Maybe water? Uh, you should be drinking water. You should be drinking water. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Doctor of Danger Radio Show with your, uh, your special hosts, James and Edward. I'm off your voice, James. Hey, I'm Edward. Welcome back to the real world. Back to the real world. A welcome, in to the an Ita- welcome to an Yo, Italian edition go on. of... Wait, stop drinking water. Drink water. What? Stop drinking water. Drink water. Yeah, you got a problem with me? <laughs> I want to fight about it. We're kind of we're kind of jazzed up right now because I'm not saying we're famous, but we were kind of in a music video. Yes, we kind of just show. I kind of showed up to our usual place where we podcast and stuff, and then I guess we ended up in a music video. Did we have we ever really like talked about like the meme band of this rehearsal space ever on the podcast? I don't feel like burying them on the podcast. No, we're not. But it's just long story short. There's a band here. And, you know, they're one of those things where it just feels like they're now in production forever on their music, you know, always working, working and stuff. They've got three fucking guitar players, I guess. But today we randomly showed up. James showed up before I did. And they're like, hey, Baba Booey, want to be? Hey, guy. You want to be in a music video? And then, and Wait, then hey, I, I'm going to put a camera on you. You look like you're rocking out the rock and roll. And then I got hey. here. And then I got here, and James was like, hey, Fettuccine Revolution, you want to be in a music hey, video? Hey, yo. Hey, you look like you've been eating some good food. Hey, yo. Toby guy. Come on. Let's go hang out with the goddamn. You want to be in a music video? Yeah. I want you to look thick. I want you to rock out. And I did. We did. Apparently, you had to hear the song four times before I got here. Yes, I know. (laughs) At first, I didn't want to be in the music video. And then when I was done, I didn't want to be in the music video. But But you were in the music video. I felt sympathy. That's why you were in the music video. Yes. Well, to be fair, before you got there, it looked like it was all girls. Yeah, it was like five chicks or something. Yeah. Which, to be fair, that's clout, bro. Women. Yeah. Def Leppard wrote a song about it. Women! Women! It's a pretty weird. Uh, he doesn't sound like that, but anyway. So yeah, um, welcome to our show. We got a stacked lineup yes. again. Uh, wanna, Very stacked lineup. Um, before you talk about your day, I have two quick little fun things, I guess. Um, I was at work today, and there was a guy that came in with a black flag T-shirt, and I said, "Hey, great shirt." And he's like, oh, thanks, man. Hey. But then my shirt was unbuttoned and I'm wearing a static X shirt underneath my work shirt. And he was he looked at me for a second. And before he left, he looked at my shirt and went, bro, he was like, oh, you like static X? I'm like, yeah, man, they're a favorite. And he goes, and I don't like that corporate bullshit. And then he walked out of my store and I was like, OK, <laughs> so that was fun. James is really trying not to laugh right now. <laughs> He's wearing a black flag shirt. A black flag shirt, yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, Greg Ginn. 
<laughs> have you met the guy? <laughs> and then I actually forgot. I knew I was forgetting to say something on the podcast last week, but here it is. Uh, I got hit up by a bot or someone trying to steal my credit card information. You know, one of those gals that hit you up and they're like, hey, want to fuck? They're usually just saying hi, and I always respond in weird messages. Oh, I did this time. Normally, I block them. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something fun. She says, hello, Edward. How are you doing? And I responded with, I don't know you. She responded with, I'm Brianna. Where are you located? And I said, California. And she said, wow, I'm also here to visit a friend. Where in California? And I said, question is, where are you? Flushed emoji. She says, Sanger, Sanger, S-A-N-G-E-R, whatever. And I said, dang, girl, that's late. You play Dark Souls? And then she says, did you know, did you know Comfort Inn? I'm like, do you know Blight Town, which is a area in Dark Souls? She says, yeah, how far is the hotel from you? I said, a few minutes away from my rehearsal space. I said, not to brag, but I'm in a dope punk band. You ever heard of Toxic Wizard? And she says, huh, kinda, that's so close. Do you want to fuck? And I said, do you want to play Dark Souls? And then she blocked me. She couldn't handle, she couldn't handle. You know, I had something like that too. I don't know if this person was more legit, but this was like on Instagram. I got like a hello, how are you doing? And then like this like blonde lady picture. That looks like Farrah from Rock of Love. Oh, no. And I wrote down, be chillin'. Where are you located? Places. Yes. Yes, indeed. I'm from Florida. And you? Hello? And I'm like, I'm from the Burger King bathroom down the road. Huh? You asked where I'm from, and that's where I'm from. Okay, you're a little better at it than I am. I thought the Dark Souls was funny. What the fuck do you want, Jake? Yeah, what does this guy like? So who's hanging out with me then tomorrow? No one. Fuck you. I guess so. I'm like, I just keep getting blankness. But all right. Let's, uh, you want to tell know, us about your day? Yeah, let me tell you about my past couple of days. I don't know why I'm going to do the voice. So I'm going to stop. I might as well go in reverse. So uh, obviously you heard that me and Edward were somehow ended up being in shot in a music video. Yes, sir. Hanging out with uh, some pretty goth ladies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty horned out about it. Hell yeah. But prior to that, I was <laughs> spending my day. Fixing a broken heater, a broken uh, heater line hose in my diesel van. Before that, I was taking podcast notes. But then, yes, but from yesterday, why am I going backwards? This is actually dumb. That was really dumb. I apologize, listening homies. Well, this is the I ma- fucked up so hard. Oh, come on. I realize the- how dumb. No, it's fine. It's fine. Let me just tell you my yesterday. We have timestamps. Yes, we have timestamps. If you ever just want to go to the meet and reviews, listening homies. But if you want to listen and hear my life, let me tell you about my life yesterday. So I kind of had to prep for a goddamn show. Why do I keep getting bothered by my goddamn phone? I, pre- I was like, so I woke up. I was chilling. I went and got, hopped in my van, went and got a breakfast burrito. I went to my repair guy for my electrical crap, Quick Tech, Quick Tech Electronics. Or just quick tech, I think. Picked up my guitar player's amp that he repaired. Then I ran into the next town over. Picked up some drum, picked up some drumsticks and some strings because I feel like my guitar, my guitar players might need new strings. So I got some, got some of those. And on cruising my way back into my home, back into where I live, I started smelling coolant. 
And I'm like, oh, geez. Did the lion bust? Hopefully it's a small leak. And then I see my friggin' temp gauge start crawling up. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to pull over, don't I? So I was able to pull off into the community college, Cuesta. Friggin', I pulled off to the side, and I stop, and I'm just hearing that good. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, geez. I crack open the hood and just, like, steam. I'm just like, all right, what bust? This ain't good. And I saw this teeny little line. It looks like it was part of the friggin' heater system. And I'm just like, oh, God. And I'm sitting there like, right, how the fuck am I going to do this? And I ended up just had to get a tow truck because I realized, dude, I'm yeah. nowhere near a civilization. I'm nowhere near my commuter car or anything like that. I don't have anyone close to me. And friggin', I don't know if I really time to actually repair this today. So I'm just gonna have to get a tow truck and then we had to go from there. Which then I had to communicate with the friggin' show organizer and just like, hey, so my van broke down and I was hauling our band equipment. And so it's either, do you think you could let us borrow? A lot of your shit <laughs> if you want us to play a show because if not we're kind of bone and i don't think we'll play it. but then my singer is like oh i have a truck <laughs> you got your truck back <laughs> when oh never mind looks like we got a truck so i had to get asked good host edward over here since it was this day off I'm like hey you want to do me a solid and pick me up and like take me in the next town over so i could pick up my singer's truck yeah and then, like you did which is awesome I got the truck and had to like drive all the way into like two towns over to pick up my bass player. Freaking got like, holy motherfucker. Like, I arrive at his house and I like message, like, oh yeah, I'm here. Like 15 fucking minutes pass. Oh I had a freaking messenger call him like two times and he's like, yeah, so I kind of woke up from a nap. I'm like, I've been sitting in your driveway for 15 <laughs> minutes. I know you don't want to go to this show, but it's like, I have a bad, like, I always keep having the bad, like, habit of showing up shows a little too late. I'm like, that's not professional. I want to, like, be respectful to, like, the organizers actually show up at a good time. Yeah. Damn it, Jackson. Yeah, no, but no, 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 no. Then we, like, I'm like, seriously, I need to grab some food. So I ordered some food at, like, a Thai restaurant, Papa Thai's. Mm. Dude, Papa is G. (laughs) Yeah, no, I got some food in there. At first, it was just like... Because Jackson had his bass in the bed of the truck. And I was just like, hey, yeah, you creeping in? It's like, no, nah, I'm just going to hang back. You think, cool if you get grab me a, like, a tie, like a Thai tea? I'm like, yeah, I'll grab you a Thai tea and stuff. So in the restaurant, I'm waiting, pick up my food. Jackson comes in. I just want to say what's up. Just like, I guess what's up. I get, get him his Thai tea. We go back to the truck. And oh, yeah. And then friggin' I go like cr- try to open the truck. I'm like, is the truck lock? He's like, yeah. Did you lock the truck? He's like, yeah. I was like, dude, I left the key in the cup holder. Oh, fuck. Fuck. We had, so yeah, we're locked out of my friend's truck. Oh shit! So we had to figure. Out, I had Megan was like, "Well, you need to figure out a locksmith, and we need to like see if like Oscar isn't like off into like Santa Maria yet." And he's like, "No, I'm just leaving my house right now." Well, please go buy your truck so you could prove it's your truck to the locksmith because we were able to get a locksmith, which that was a fucking bitch. Because like you look up locksmiths and all you get is like key me locations, and key me oh, is just a bullshit. Yeah. But luckily, we were able to f- find a guy, a town over. He came in, unlocked the shit. Then we went and loaded up, like, the equipment and stuff. And then mm. as we were, like, cruising through, like, right, like halfway through the trip, I realized, Jackson, because I actually didn't load up the stuff. I was just grabbing some of my stuff, and Jackson was being, my bass player was, like, loading up stuff in the truck. I'm like, hey, Jackson, did you grab that blue bag? Uh, what blue bag? Uh, the blue bag that has Seb's guitar cables and everything in it. Oh, no. Oh, 
Then I realized, oh, we also forgot my drum rug. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, crap. So we go to the show. Luckily, it's just like, you know what? We forgot cables. I'll let you guys go panhandle to see whose equipment you can borrow. And then freaking, like, also, like, on the trip, I'm just sitting there and saying, too, you know, it's been a pretty fucking hectic day. You know who really put icing on the cake? If fucking cops showed up before we played. And let me guess, they showed up. No, they didn't. Oh, good. They did not show up before we played. But freaking, we showed up to the show. I had, like, and I just, like, casually set up my drums. There was no carpet that can stick to my, like, double pedals. But luckily, my guitar player with, like, bad health issues can't, can't really stand to play a 20-minute set. So, yeah, he needs to, like, work on his health a little bit. Yeah. But, like, he had to play in a chair. But I had him post up right next to my kit, right in front of my drum kick. So, like, my, like, friggin' kick drum isn't sliding off away from me. Good job, buddy. Yeah, no, and, like, my other, like, pedal was able to stay still, thank God. Yeah. But friggin', you know, playing the set. Literally, we're, like, two more songs, and then friggin', oh, hey, yo, the cops showed up. You got ten minutes. And, like, hey, we got two songs. Okay, everything's out, no problem. So, yeah, the cops did show up, but it, the show didn't stop, so. Okay, good. Yeah, no, it was a good show. I did a lot of yelling, made people, like, slam dance and stuff. And then, yeah, no, had to spend a whole long evening, go drive, like, had my bass player find another ride. So, it was just, like, me and myself loading in the equipment. Actually, no, actually, no, my guitar player, good friend Dylan, actually helped, too. Like, I thought he would oh, just wow. be wrecked health. Like, he moved a couple items, and then he hit the wall of, like, okay, I can't do anything now. Well, at least he tried. Yes, he tried. He was a decent amount of help. We didn't have, like, all that much stuff. It was just my drums and his guitar rig. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, that was kind of it. And then after that, friggin' had to shuffle, like, our singer's truck back into the town over. And then good friend Dylan drive me back home. But then I'm also like, bro, can you just, like, take me to Tonitas real quick so I can grab a carnitas burrito and a chili relleno on the side? He's like, dude, don't you have food at home? For some reason, not. My God! So yeah, went there, but then we ran a good friend Ethan. Really? Yeah, and then we like talked to talk with him for an hour outside of Tonitas. Poor Dylan. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> He's the one in poor health, by the way. Yes. And then I finally got home. And then yeah, I really like told you how I like repaired the heater of the hose line. Seems like my van's doing. Okay yeah, the van's the doing all right for now. For right now. But yeah, no. So that was my fucking hectic ass fucking day. I had a pretty stressful day that day too. I woke up at one o'clock. <laughs> you helped your boy because I went to bed early that night. But then I woke up, went to the bathroom. But then I laid my head back down after being up for like half an hour. And then I slept for another like four or five hours. Then I woke up. Then about a half hour less or less than a half hour after being up, I get a text from James. He's like. Bro, you want to do me as solid? And he sent me pictures and videos of his shit. He didn't just do that. He posted it to his fucking Facebook stories. He was like, hey, yo, so you boys got... I forget what you said, but yeah, he did that. And then after I did that, then I had to go to the store. And then I went home and accidentally took a nap. So I think our days were about the same. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. no, I'm I would kidding. say so, too. No, um, they, it was... Uh, yeah. And then tomorrow we are heading to L.A. to catch the dopest wrestling on the planet. The only wrestling promotion I pretty much don't hate, PWG, which that's going to be hella fun. Uh, we're going to hit up the homies at Gorilla Mall. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Chris Dodge. He doesn't work there, but he's good friends with Ryan from Gorilla Mall, who's the owner of Gorilla Mall. So, yeah, fun timesies. What are you doing? Oh. Uh 
got a message saying if we like forgot our like power supply to pedals and just checking real quick and we didn't so we're good on that oh one. good you should be like oh yeah we did we could always use an extra one <laughs> yeah no, no i don't no, want to check someone cool. else yeah no but yeah so uh fun weekend already you know, fucking long week, like like a hectic weekend for me. And there was some stuff going on at work. Nothing really worth mentioning, but yeah. So even though tomorrow is going to be some long driving, it's going to be worth it to fucking blow our voices out like a bunch of geeks at PWG and get some fucking sick ass burgers. Yeah, but yeah, should we uh, get into today's events? Yes, today's get into today's events. Like hold it. It'll help with the timestamp. Are you getting okay? Yeah, okay. Now go. <laughs> Okay, so Led Zeppelin 2. Really quick, this is related to Led Zeppelin. I have a bone to pick with the Wikipedia guys that make the Led Zeppelin articles under the what, Legacy tab. What, are they sucking tab. Zeppelin's dick? There's a picture of Robert Plant, the first thing you see under the Legacy tab in Wikipedia, and it says, Plant's vocal style has been highly influential in rock music. I'm like, okay. But then, this is the exact wording. While his mane of long blonde hair and powerful bare-chested appearance helped to create the rock god archetype. I'm like, are you sure that wasn't Jim Morrison? Because <laughs> I feel like Jim Morrison did that, but whatever. So yeah, they uh, someone on the Wikipedia team was really feeling Robert Plant. Yes, it definitely sound like it. But yeah, here we go. Led Cocklin two, Led Zeppelin two, baby. So this actually released the same year as the first one. And I'm gonna. There's a couple records like that. Yeah. They most likely hammered out a lot of songs in studio, and then maybe mm-hmm. most likely released them, or unless they just went in the studios and just hammered out the shit right there. And I'm gonna say this: we're gonna get to the track by track, but man, what a fucking jump in quality! I think, in yeah. a good way. So most Zeppelin most Led Zeppelin fans say this or four is their best. And I guess we're going to find out eventually. This album is iconic, although I guess that's kind of redundant to say that about oh, Led no. Zeppelin. Oh, no. I have a feeling like this album has all the fucking songs. Yeah. That you've heard. But, like, this is, like, more iconic than, like, their other ones or one of them. Does it live up to the hype? Let's see. This is apparently their heaviest album. That's what Wikipedia says. Cringe. Well, I can tell you my quick thing. I don't think it was that heavy, but I don't know. I didn't live in the year of our Lord of 1969, so I don't know if this shocked. Would have shocked me if I was like... I'll admit, I'll give Led Zeppelin this. I get into this later in my review, but I'll say this. They don't. They really don't sound like anything else at the time. Yes, there's a lot of bands with similar sounds that either jacked it or they were just, you know, there was a similar mindset going on. I'll give Zeppelin this. They really do stand out above everything else. You really feel like, man, these guys are doing something different. All right. First song. Whole lot of love. <laughs> oh, hey. Ever heard this one? Got a whole lot of love. You know. It's a classic, obviously, and I'm not going to lie. As a fair man, that riff, the main one, is pretty good. I've heard this song a lot, but I'll be honest, I didn't hate listening to it. Quarter of the way through, they do their slow, trippy break thing. But unlike the last song on album one, this slow break, for me personally, isn't lame. So yeah, you know, it's good. I find some of the lyrics funny. There's a I wrote down There's here. There's a some, lot of babe, 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 babes. Well, I wrote down here. He wrote, "Gonna give you my love, every inch of my love." He means his penis. It sounds like he means his penis. And then, of course, way down inside. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's a pretty good song. Thoughts? Oh, my thoughts was, um, yeah, no, that like main riff is awesome, and it's a classic. But oh, it's so overplayed. No, so it is. I was just like, I not this song. I was. I'm not a fan of this one because <laughs> hey, I've heard it so much. But I'm just like, oh. No, I, I I felt that way to an extent. I thought I'd feel that way more. So there's a little bit of disgust with me. Like it's a good song, but it's just at the same time I'm not gonna like not be honest with my feelings. Oh, yeah. I don't need to hear the song again. No, I, I hear you. I'm the same. Track two is what is and what should never be. Minority ass for some reason read that as the thing that should not be, and I went ah, but I'm like wait no. Now I'm gonna be honest. I didn't recognize the title at first because you know I just didn't. But when it started, you know Robert Plant does that, and if I say to you tomorrow i was like oh shit it's this song because here's the thing hey putting this out there this is my favorite led zeppelin song it is it is i don't know there's something about it man the way it starts off all slow the and then the chorus goes when i went away and then uh what gets me is the the post chorus where it's like it does that you know the the ooh. there's i like it i always liked its dynamics um um, no matter no matter how much Led Zeppelin's ever annoyed me, and they've done it a lot, that 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 this song, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of fucks. Yeah, you're gonna hate me. This one kind of dragged for me, and ah. like there was an awesome riff, but dude, I got kind of bored listening to this. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah, no, I like in here like the first three songs. I had to like listen to it again because around the time I was kind of stressing because yeah. I just got news on my like commuter car taking a shit. So I'm like sitting there, it's like mm. fuck, dude, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm like, God, I have to go get another car, bitch. But I listen to songs again. I'm like, yeah, no, my opinions didn't really change. Like this one, you've heard also a million times too. Yeah. And for me, I'm just like not gonna lie, I just kind of got bored here. Now track three. No, I- if you love the song, I fucking <laughs> love it, bro. I'm not like disregarding yeah. like. Maybe I should listen to it, listening, listen to it for like the third, third proper time. time and not just <laughs> on the radio over a million times. So track three is called The Lemon Song. Now, this song was boring for me. It's although to be fair, it's coming off whole lot of love and what is and what should never be, which are two classics. Um, but yeah, no, it felt boring. The time signature changes were kind of unique, I guess, but it just kind of started and then it just kind of ended. I didn't really care about it. Yeah, so I wrote down that this was a groover, but would go fast every like a couple times. Yeah, it had a tight riff, but the slow noodle noodling on the guitar almost killed me, and I'm just like, fuck yeah. this song. Yeah, but then it like they'll bring up the speed again, and like, okay, you, I told you, you save yourself today. I told you that's kind of what they were known for that weird slow like break shit, and then they pick it back up, you know. Track four is called "Thank You," and I felt like saying "You're welcome" for you know giving Led Zeppelin so much of my time. It's kind of more, I wrote here, this song's kind of more of the same. For some reason, the keyboards and vocal effects invoke images of later Pink Floyd for me, but I think that's just because it's kind of trippy. But again, kind of boring. It didn't hook me. I concede that some of the guitar overdubs were neat, but, and they, you know, they did some interesting things with that, but it wasn't enough to save the song. It's a boring song. Yeah, for me, I wrote down, sounded like an indie song. <laughs> Organ was cool, but kind of was droning around the end. Fuck, you know, I'm really thinking about it, and I'm like, this is supposed to be their best record? Because <laughs> I like the first two songs, but we're four songs in, you're not really hot on it, and I didn't really care for the last two songs, so like... <laughs> hey, song five. Oh, yeah, song five, Heartbreaker. Uh, it's another Radio Punisher, and I wrote here, it's better than it's better than songs three and four. Heard it a million times, but you know something? I'm noticing a pattern. 
pretty much all the songs that we've heard on the radio a million times, with very rare exceptions so far, have been the best songs. And I wrote here, ain't that some shit? Led yes. Zeppelin's a radio band. Who knew? For realsies. Uh, I also forgot. I forgot how the sloppy break in the middle that uh, where Paige is noodling, uh, and like I guess it's sloppy in like a good old school hard rock way. But I don't know. When the band comes back in, they step up the tempo, and I guess that sounded cool, you know, with him shredding. What'd you think? I wrote down. I heard this too much too because <laughs> it's a fucking Punisher of a freaking radio song. Yeah. But so far, it's better than the other song. I'm sorry, I wh- actually like. I actually really got a little life here. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm actually getting down with this one. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering now. Like, did I ever like these songs as a kid? I had to think they were cool at some point, but just kept hearing them too much. Track six is called "Living Loving Made." I'm like, what the fuck is this one? But I recognize that chorus. Living. Loving, she's just a woman. I'm like, okay, it's that one. It's another radio song, and it's one of the better ones. It's short and sweet. So you better lay your money down. Yeah, it's all right. It's 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 good. I wrote down this was a fun song, and it honestly, feels like the best song so far. Yeah, the fucking radio songs. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I just I I no, honestly, it just shows you uh, what the fucking radio people play for you. Yeah. Track seven's called Ramble On. <laughs> it's another radio Punisher. <laughs> I wrote down here, though, the intro kind of sounds like Bob Dylan worship, but then, yeah, I, I wrote down here, man, this feels like back when I was a kid and fucking 93.3 KZOZ's on, and I'm listening to Get the Let Out at five. Um, I think the song's about Lord of the Rings, because I think I heard Robert Plant name drop Gollum at one point, but yeah, because I, I know they were fans of that Yeah, part. I just wrote down the sing Ramble, and like, the song rambled on. Yeah. Ramble on! I heard this a bunch too, but honestly, it's another fun song. I like this one. Yeah, it's all right. Track eight's called Moby Dick, and I wrote, hmm, I wonder what this one's about. I don't think, but then I remembered, I don't think I've heard this song before. I'm like, okay, uh, it's an instrumental, and I don't know how to say this, but um, I thought the song kind of slapped in the beginning. Kind of. Opening riff is cool. There's a part where it breaks and then John Bonham just goes ham on the drums. And I wrote here for a while because, you know, I thought he was going to do it for a little bit. No, it's the rest of the song. It's almost the rest of the song. Like a minute-ish in, he drum solos for close to two minutes, two and a half. I wrote down here, it's the eruption of drum solos. You know how a lot of drummers like in rock and metal are always like, oh man, I wanted to be like John Bonham. I feel like this is the song, one of the songs that people point to because this sounds pretty groundbreaking. This is a drum solo. Ringo Starr had a drum solo on Abbey Road, but it was nothing like this. Then the music comes back in for a few seconds and then the song is over. I guess Moby Dick was the drums. So I felt a wall hit me here (laughs) again. I'm just like, God damn it. A wall of just like, I hate this. No, it's like you got the what? It's literally it's bottom noodling and one riff. Yeah, it starts with one riff. Sounds sick. Yeah, it's good. But dude, I swear he's not noodling for two minutes. It's like four. Yeah, it's no, it's close to it. You know why? Because I wrote here the song is four twenty in length, boys. Oh, it's four twenty. Yeah, I thought it was like six minutes. If it felt like six minutes, that's not a good thing. Yeah, no, it was bottom <laughs> noodling away, and I'm just like this felt longer than four minutes. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> That's what I'm like. It's like, the eruption good, of drum solos. I'm like, he's good, but at the same time, it's like, no, you're just noodling. This blows. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, this wall of a song. Yeah, hits me. I'm just like, oh, can this be over now? <laughs> well, now we're to the last song. Yes, track nine is "Bring It On Home," and I heard that bass riff and the harmonica in the beginning. And I was like, oh fuck me, it's a blues song. 
Because plant, I wrote plants sounds like he's trying to do this weird deep voice country baritone shit. But then they swerve you because then they bring in the hard rock. And I'm not going to lie, the riff and the drum beat, it to me, it sounded just like Whole Lot of Love. It's to me, it just sounded just like it. Mm. It's not the best way to end the record. I did like how it ended by fading out with the harmonica. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I wrote down, bro, this better not be a fucking 12-bar blues song. <laughs> and I, okay, it's not. They swerved But there's you. this weird stereo pan going on. Yeah, I was listening to it in my car, but I thought I heard something weird. Yeah, no, it literally is you have dr- all drums in your left ear yeah. and harmonica noodling in your right ear. That's so weird. It wasn't like that for the other songs. No, it was this one song. You I was what? like, what's this weird studio pan weirdness? You know what's weird about that? That's what happened when they remastered all the Beatles albums in like 2009 for the Rock Band game. You had like drums and you had like drums and bass over here and guitars and vocals over here when you listened on headphones. It was really bizarre. Yeah, I don't know what happened here, but like freaking, yeah, no, the rest and of the And we listen to the remastered versions. Those are the ones on Spotify. Yeah, no, the rest of the album's like pretty normal with yeah. like there's like freaking panning, but this they decided to pan all drums in one ear. Weird. I don't like that. It right, feels weird. Thoughts on the legendary Zeppelin 2? I'll say it's better than the fucking first one. I th- well, I don't know. I thought that at the time, but after we talked about it, I'm like, fuck, now I'm not so sure. And then I feel weirdly. But no, dis- these are my opinions. I don't know. Like your opinions. Let's say no, no, you you're like not changing moment. my opinions. I'm just thinking I'm like, huh, because I was feeling kind of all right coming in here. But now I'm thinking back on some of the songs. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, I think it's better than the first one. I think one of the things that made it better was I um, with the exception of Moby Dick. I think John. I think one of the things that helped was I feel like John Bonham was either give him more freedom and he just said or he just said fuck it because he was popping off on this record way more than the first one. Uh, oh, and John Jones too, the bassist. He was definitely sounding better. Wait, the bassist's name is John Jones. It's like John Paul Jones. When you said John Jones, I'm like, wait, the fucking UFC fighter? No, not the that piece of shit that just got fucking arrested again for domestic abuse. Did he actually? Yes. Fuck me. Fuck John Jones. Fuck Dana White for fuck Dana White for keep giving him a job. Yeah, no, fucking hell. But yeah, I thought this one was better. Um, I think the rhythm section was allowed. The rhythm section was allowed to shine better. And I'll say, listening to Zeppelin's music hasn't been an awful thing. If anything, I feel like I'm like I feel like I'm finding like pieces of a puzzle, like puzzles of music. I'm interested to see where it goes, but. If this and four are considered their best, I'm worried they peaked with this album. And if they peaked with this album creatively, that's not a good sign. But yeah, I think this one blows the first one out of the water. Yeah, no. The, well, for me, uh, the first one has those two freaking god awful goddamn twelve bar blues songs. Those are really bad. Those that are just like, well, they're bad to us. Yeah, but maybe someone that's like a blues and like a blues connoisseur yeah or would say those are awesome i mean I, i'm a blues connoisseur and here's the thing like but. actually thinking right now looking back i can realize because this album has all the like radio has like the radio punishers except for two i think we've heard all these songs and on you the want to know something for me this album is like i don't sense any weirdness no maybe i like the first one more because there was weirdness 
it was different. Yeah, no, it's like you had like different stuff and like you had weird stuff and like transitions and acoustic. This is like if you want to say their most just straightforward hard rocker. It, it, I was just gonna say that it's yeah. the most straightforward hard rocker, and for me, I wasn't into it. Really? No, you heard me. It's like it did. Like, I'm actually surprised I like this like more side than you. B. Like around the end of side A and the side B, I liked a little bit more, but everything else, like I've heard this a million times, and honestly, I'm not lying. It's not lighting my world on fire. I'm actually I'm re- kind of sitting here and get just getting bored, and like it's not my thing. But if you love Zeppelin, then go for it. I don't love Zeppelin though. I'm actually surprised I liked it more. I thought you were gonna come away being like, "Bro, this album kind of fucks," but you make a very good point. We've heard all these songs a million times on the radio. And I'm just across like, our lives, and we're kind of old, so well, we're not that old, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I didn't feel anything too special from this one. Nice. For me, for me, for me, I, can I don't al- want to discredit. I don't want to like discourage you. Like, listen to it. Go listen to the album. Yeah, I think it's like I, an interesting listen. But to me, it's like I just didn't felt like to challenge listening. To I it. feel like I listened to this one, and I was like, more than the first one. I'm like, okay, I can actually see. How with Led Zeppelin 2, they could actually like be considered like the hard rock, like groundbreaking icons that people think they were. Um, just because, you know, you you hear it. You you hear it in um you hear it in um what was that song? The 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 Livin' Lovin' one. Living, um, loving. Lovin'. She's just a woman. You hear it in Whole Lot of Love, um, and a couple other songs on here. You hear like you know what the next couple years of music would be so i feel like i can understand the influence if you ask if you told me to listen to led zeppelin be like oh bro this album inspired millions of people i wouldn't get it i'd be like what but if you told me yo led zeppelin 2 inspired a million fucking bands i'm like okay i actually see it so i guess what i'm saying is i give this record its props i respect it more than i like it which is a kind of always been my opinion on led zeppelin for realsies. <laughs> but yeah, I know. That is Led Zeppelin 2, and we'll definitely be back for Led Zeppelin 3. Trace. I'm kind of curious about that one. If no one really seems like to two, talk about it. I'm curious about, like, they talk about 2 and 4. Yeah. I'm like, are those the more straightforward records? I don't know. Is Pe- 3 going to get weird again? And we're going to like, what the fuck's going on here? I don't know. Whenever anyone talks about Led Zeppelin, you know, they're always, some people say their whole, their whole discography, because you're always going to have those fans. Hey, watch. But a lot of people are like, 2 and 4, bro. Two and four. Hey, watch as I'm going to piss off Edward because I got to go pee again. Okay. We will be back. All right. Well, that was led. Let's get into Dark Side. Or as I have read my notes, Chris Canyam. Canyam? Yeah. Um, so how do we how do we set up this episode? Well, do you want to talk about how the episode starts or are we just going to talk about like well, I don't know if we should give some background. I don't know if we should give a background like on Chris Canyon a little bit to anyone that hasn't watched, you know? Well, it's kind of hard to say. Like, the episode gives background on Chris That's Canyon true. anyway. Well, let's just say how it Well, starts. I'm going to tell you how the episode starts. Yeah. And what I have a quick review is that it starts with the usual oh. soft open. Yeah. With Chris Canyon doing sick shit. I guess he was also Mortis. Yeah, he was. They say that he... Um, see, I don't know if like, saying he's gay is going to be un-PC or not. Well, no. Well, he was gay. Yeah, so... They like say he's gay. Yeah. He has a mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And also the young bucks are here. That's what I was gonna say. I forgot to mention before we start, apparently we apparently we and or Dark Side of the Ring kind of cocked up last week because after the plane ride from hell episode came out, a lot of people came out mentioning that apparently Gold Dust had some had some sexual harassment claims against him too, against some flight attendants, but uh, Dark Side of the Ring didn't like talk about it. Well, I don't know if they're talking about one specific flight because, like, they were trying to talk about the one specific flight. Dude, there's a lot of, dude, there's a couple fucked up flights. And listen, I know what you're going to say. 
But listen, between that and then the way the Jake the Snake Robert episode ended, and then last week's episode of mid- omitting Jake the Snake, or go- you mean Grizzly? Grizzly so, well, yeah, but it was basically like half Jake the Snake. But yeah. the way that episode ended, them omitting goals, and the fact that on top of being the narrator, Jericho is on, Chris Jericho is on camera for this episode with DDP, with Brian Cage, with the Young Bucks, and no Raven, who was very close with Canyon and was pretty upset about that on Twitter. Well, they. Dark Side of the Ring's got a bit of an AEW bias, I think. Is either they have an AEW bias or they try to get a hold of Raven and Raven said no and then got mad that they. Raven had- said they never reached out to him. <sighs> okay, I guess. On Twitter. Well, I don't know what friggin'. Um, that's just a Dark Side thing. Yeah. Gonna be honest, Dark Side's not perfect. Well, of course not. Yeah, but I, I, this episode really felt like I'm like, okay, these guys are like in knee deep with like the AEW guys. But even that, I don't see Raven not saying, oh, like not doing it, unless he just personally did, he did weren't able to get a hold of him. He just said he was never asked. Whatever. This episode is pretty packed with people, though. So yeah, like you said, the opening. Um, gain yeah so when the episode starts off proper and people talk about how innovative in the ring he was they talk about especially ddp talks about how much fun he was to work with uh, a lot of the people they interviewed this week like i said were young bucks ddp but also a man named rafael uh, morphy who apparently was a very good friend of canyon um so Raphael goes on, talks about how Raven, Raven, a freaking uh, Canyon, <laughs> Canyon struggled with his sexuality at a young age because he grew up in New York in a, in a and Catholic a, community and yes. went to a Catholic school. And one day he said he freaking like he might be gay and they freaking were just like giving him an earful saying Satan and shit. Yeah. And like he just felt like as a young child, like I guess being gay is not good. So yeah. I guess he tried to like repress his sexual tendencies. And we get in on James Mitchell, who i.e. is the sinister minister. Yeah, dude. Okay, listen. This episode's about Canyon. This could have easily also been also about James Mitchell because he was just about James Mitchell living. Yeah, and because just dealing random shit they had that Canyon does, or like who knows what else. There were solid minutes of screen time where he was the only person interviewed, and he like told most of the story. Everyone, they, everyone else related to the story that he was there. Yeah, exactly. Because him and Canyon were just that good of pals, and he was there. James Mitchell talks about how he met Canyon and introduced him to the fabulous Mula and his wrestling school, who actually, according to Canyon's Wikipedia page, uh, trained. He's she's listed as one of his trainers. Well, that's what they said here. It's like the freaking he went to Mula's school to train and he got trained in Mula's school. And he, they even he, talked about like May Young, like being the shit out of him. And like James Mitchell's like, dude, just. Suck it up and deal with it. You'll be fine. Now, that made me you'll laugh. You'll be out wrestling. That made me laugh. Not because violence against men is funny. It's not. But what I mean is because I first knew of Mae Young and Mula as, you know, when I came into wrestling as the weird, quirky, lusty old gals that would show up on WWE now and then and just do shenanigans. So I'm imagining like 80-year-old Mae Young who can barely move just beating the shit out of any, stomping a mud hole in anybody. And that's kind of funny. Now, here was something interesting. So, at this point, they jump to where in WCW... Yeah, he, like, joins WCW. Yeah, he's with his old tag team men at work. Jericho talks about how he knew him and was a cool guy, but he was really insecure about uh, Canyon had a lisp. So, he was happy at this point. To not do promos. Yes, because he calls up Mitchell, and this this is the best. So... 
Canyon's moving house with his cousin and someone else there. He calls up Mitchell and says he dropped a box. And apparently, according to Mitchell, Canyon tells him he dropped the box and there was an explosion of gay porn. It was like a well, pinata pop. I wrote down men on men pornography. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's not like women on women. Like. That's why I said gay porn. Hey, gay porn could be with lady on lady. Well, yeah, you're right. But usually when most people say gay, they mean it men on men. That's And when well, they say women on women, they say then go. All right, then, for the rest of the episode. Personally, yeah, no. Yeah. Then for the rest of the episode, if we talk about gay porn, I actually don't think so. So, yeah, I think it was just this This one is time. pretty much the only time it's brought up. Yeah. So, I but guess, yeah, yeah Kanan had a big box of just, like, men on men gay pornography. And he fucking calls up Mitchell. And he basically has him cover for him. He's like, oh, he tries to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's Mitchell's stuff. He used it to rib on people. He's a sick fuck. That's what that's what Mitchell says. Canyon tells him he's a sick fuck. And apparently Canyon writes out this whole elaborate script for Mitchell to follow so he can call up fucking Canyon's cousin and be like, hey, I left some stuff. Can I have it back? I'm like, that's really funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> So there's a big break for Canyon when, um, okay, so there's a famous fail in wrestling. There was a character called Glacier in WCW. Because Eric Bischoff was a karate man and he liked Mortal Kombat. To be fair, Mortal Kombat's really rad. And Glacier was based on Sub-Zero, who's really rad. Yeah. So that's, I don't blame him for that. I don't think Mortal Kombat was meant for the pro wrestling. No. No, it wasn't. But hey, I guess Glacier had a mortal enemy in Mortis, yes. which that was Chris Canyon. And I guess Canyon had the time of his life. DDP was like, DDP says, dude, Mortis was like the best masked gimmick of all time. I don't know about that, but Mortis was pretty rad. Yeah, he Mort- was cooler than Glacier. Yeah, no, he's cooler than Glacier, but DDP, calm down now. I get it. <laughs> Canyon was a homie. Listen, DDP's a very supportive man. He's also a very like aggressive salesman. Yes. Yeah, he is. So then James, not you, but James Mitchell, tells a story about how Canyon went. There was this really weird thing. It was after a match. They were getting in their car. Then the car wouldn't start. Then like, then like freaking Canyon just flipped out. And then on the whole drive to the hotel, he's just yelling and like throwing elbows at Mitchell or whatever. Then they parked the car and then fucking... Canyon goes nuts. He's like, man, fuck this, fuck this, fucking hate you. He's like breaking up Mitchell's like, car. Yeah, he's just fucking kicking out the mirrors and kicking in the headlights and stuff. And freaking, he's just mad at like, freaking, I wouldn't need you if I can actually cut a promo. So here's the thing. Um, I'm sure they never, ever, ever talk about if Mitchell, if not Mitchell, Canyon did any drugs. But there's a lot of moments where he just goes fucking bananas. And well, they, don't they really did state it. later in the episode he was diagnosed with as bi- being bipolar. Yeah, bipolar. Which, know, yes. I don't know what they said. They just said bipolar, not bipolar schizophrenia, right? They just said bipolar, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, talking from personal experience of having dealt with it, that can happen. But what I mean is, I just didn't know if, like, maybe something else was, like, uh, augmenting it, you know, making it worse. But then apparently, after he yells all that at Mitchell, Mitchell's just like, okay, that's a hell of a thing to say to someone who knows your secret. But Mitchell sticks around with him. He's like, he is... He is a patient with him through thick and thin. Dude, James Mitchell's a very patient dude. So can't, actually extremely patient dude. Yeah. He's not even just patient. He's just 
there were times where I was like, Mitchell, are you were you okay? <laughs> but anyway, so at this point in the timeline. Yeah, they talk about like the 90s wrestling scene and yeah. like just saying any gay characters were usually heel characters and yeah. obviously looking down like just ba- there's a lot of just because like, being gay, gay in the wrestling business back then was a bad thing. Not because being gay is a bad thing. Of course not. What I mean is they made you heal and you got humiliated and laughed at by everyone all the time. Obviously, wrestling promotions have come a long way since then, accepting wrestlers of all kind, but a lot of fans uh, back then and even now still aren't accepting. And I wrote here, I remember, didn't we see Jungle Boy wrestle Jake Atlas and someone like straight up yelled a homophobic slur at Jake Atlas? Yeah, and like everyone like freaking just like... They wanted Jake Atlas to beat the shit out of that guy? Yeah, I think everyone wanted to beat the shit out of that guy. But yeah, um, so then Brian Cage comes on. I wrote here that brick shit house. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, Brian Cage says what's up. Yeah, and uh, he says he was trained by Canyon a bit. So now this is where the story takes a turn, a dark turn, I guess you could say, or even darker. I don't know. It's been kind of dark. This just gets weird though, because Mitchell says that Canyon had conversations and apparently boyfriends online. I'm like, okay, cool for him, but like apparently. He would print out those conversations and he had a box where he like sorted out all the conversations. He alphabetized them and apparently he was protecting this box like it was a fucking government black box. So yeah, they called like James Mitchell's like, so yeah, we're just going to call that freaking Pandora's, Pandora's box. box. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's in the box? And like Cam will just freak get the fuck out at you. Just like, did you fucking get near my fucking box? I'll fuck yeah. you up kind of thing. And then apparently Kanye's doing kind of all right for himself besides that. But then in DDP's own words, the NWO happened. I'm like, I had to think of the timeline. I'm like, dude, I swear Mortis and Glacier were hanging around for a minute in 97. Yeah, they were. They were. I don't know if in 98, maybe they slowed down in 98, but they were still there like at least halfway through the year. They were still there in 97. So I forget who said- NWO started in like 96. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it didn't get prominent until 97. So I forget who says it, but someone- I don't know. Like Starcade in 96 was like Hogan and Piper. It was, And they were full-fledged NWO at the time. Which, spoiler alert, that shit was awful. Yeah. Well, not Piper's promos. No, Piper was fine. No, the best was the next pay-per-view where Piper trained to be locked up in Alcatraz, and he's just being a madman running through an empty jailhouse. That just looked like that just looked like footage of Piper actually being in prison. (laughs) You know, Piper doing weird shit and being Piper is still awesome. It's pretty great. But it's, I forget who said it, but someone said, now the old era of wrestling has ended. Now they're in the reality, quote-unquote, era of wrestling. You know, the cartoony stuff was being done away with, uh, which is most exemplified by Hulk Hogan because, you know, he was a cartoon character, but, you know, he was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm turning heel. Well, there's a bunch of stories about that, but whatever. Yes. So, apparently, Canyon took a lot of his anger out on Mitchell, including strangling him, and it sounds like it happened decently regularly. That's the point where I'm like, I fuck. Think, well, I think the string, like... I think he just like Mitchell just says another story like another time where freaking Canyon's just feeling the pressure of like the new change in like the wrestling environment yeah. and then freaking he like freaked out on Mitchell like he's has before but he like actually choked him out yeah like he said thumbs on the Adam's apple yeah have you ever like, felt pressure on your Adam's apple that does not feel nice yeah no so he actually passed out and stuff from that choking but then yeah. he wakes up and Canyon was still bitching at him or something yeah. Oh. But now we take a shift to of to freaking just be I really now the shift to just being Canyon. Yeah. Like they talk about him playing a big part and ready to rumble. And coming up with the with the idea for the three level cage match, which Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um 
the documentary kind of I wrote here the documentary kind of meanders for a bit. It just kind of it's just kind of listing off and some like, stuff. Yeah, and they like talk about Candy. Just like mostly, I just have his like ready to rumble. He was like the stunt double for like the main character and yeah. stuff. They do point out that he had crazy parties and had women all over him, and he no sold it so hard that some that at least one woman, I think Mitchell said, comes up and he's like, she's like, I think your friend is gay. So and then freaking Mitchell comes back is like, hey, you know selling these chicks, they're gonna they're figuring out that you're gay. So he's like, oh shit, I need to prove myself I'm not gay. So, so then, what they decide to do is like, hey, we're gonna get ourselves an escort and we're gonna film a porno tapes to show to the boys. But Canyon no shows the shoot. Yeah. So Mitchell's like, we've paid for the trick. Hey, you wanna shoot a video? <laughs> and Mitchell like gets all with the trick. And then he shows the video of the canyon, and Canyon at first is how like is like, oh hey, this is a funny shit. But then he gets really pissed and tries to beat the shit out of Mitchell again. Yeah. But Mitchell this time pulls out a gun. Yeah. He's talking to the he's talking to the interview guys, and then out of nowhere he's like, but I had a 45 under the pillow. He says it just like that. And the interview guy was like, Were you prepared to shoot him? He's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, like, choked me out last time and I passed out. You might kill me this time. I'm so. like, that's fucking wild, man. So, like, the situation diffuses, thankfully, and now we jump to Vince McMahon buying out WCW. Yeah, we're He's just got jumping the, timelines there. Yeah, that's really what happened. That's not my just my notes. That's them. So Vince McMahon has the big penis... And he goes up to Kane and he's like, hey, man, we got plans for you. Like they made I forgot this happened. They made him a double champion in like two months. It was like a double tag champion. Well, yeah, but still they gave him two belts. It was like during the invasion period. But, dude, they like jammed so much in the invasion period for like five months. I know everyone has said it and this is not a new opinion. But, man, what a wasted opportunity that invasion was. So Mitchell, um, so a double champion. Okay, so then at times Mitchell would stay with Canyon for like, weeks. Canyon would ask him, was like, hey, yo, hang out my pad for like yeah. weeks on end. And then he would just be describing like high level of severe depression as like Canyon would either be manic or he would just be in bed like for days on days. He also points out that there were times when like Canyon would take like two days at a time to like stack and restack just a bunch of papers throughout his house and Canyon would tell him like I'm doing my taxes but like Mitchell got a look at it and it was all just a bunch of like notices from the IRS it was weird Mitchell straight up does say though he said he didn't know how depression worked so when Canyon was saying you know why is he saying he feels bad he's like what do you got to be depressed about you're in WWE all these people like you blah blah and Canyon just responded with you know and this is before Canyon's diagnosed with bipolar he's just like you don't know what it's like to be in my head which you know and then Canyon gets his fucking shoulder injured yeah so and then like this is around the time where he actually is like you know what? I'm actually gonna try steroids for a bit to help like rehab this rehab this injury real quick but I guess he like free and might have like got a little ADD and forgot his needle like left it out for a minute and then like when he poked it in he got a blood infection so yeah. that took him out even longer and then he gets paranoid about losing his spot but then oh man they bring him into SmackDown for like in 2002. Yeah, something like that. Paul Heyman's the GM of SmackDown at this point. Yeah. And like, Undertaker's at the tail end of Biker Taker. And if I may. Yeah, it's all you. The storyline is Paul Heyman is fucking with the Undertaker. And he there's like a crane and a big box that's uh, in the middle of the ring. He calls down Undertaker. And Mitchell was saying how Canyon was like, oh, man, they got this big old thing for me on SmackDown. They got this big thing for me on SmackDown. 
and then American Badass Biker Taker shows up. And so the big thing now is, for those of you who haven't watched this episode, you folks at home may be thinking, oh, Trill, they gave him a they gave him a few with The Undertaker? No. They did not. No, no. No, 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 no. They have fucking Canyon come out of the box dressed like Boy George singing... Do you really want to hurt me with an exaggerated lisp? Who then proceeds to take a really, really fucking brutal beatdown from The Undertaker and then a really fierce, unprotected chair shot to the face. And they don't say it here, but I read somewhere else. This is unconfirmed, but I've seen from multiple sources that before Kanye went out there, they instructed him to sing... Like a homophobic slur that starts with an F. That's what they said in the show. Oh, they did? They must have cut that out because I watched it on YouTube and sometimes they edit stuff to avoid copyright. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Fuck wrestling. Also, oh, the my young, God. Also, the Young Bucks were there. And, like, yeah. They, yeah, were, they were at the show, they, they really said. Like, dude, they really like Chris Canyon because he had, a, like, a lot of sick moves and was a pretty, like, I guess a pretty innovative, like, worker and stuff. Yeah. And they were at the show because, like, this was in, like, the SmackDown was in, like, California. And they were just sitting there like, dude, Kanye is just getting freaking savaged on right now. So, Kanye is turning a laughing stock. They give him nothing, so he's able to achieve nothing. And they just push him down the car to the point where he, he just, he, like... They had him on Velocity in a comedy segment with Funaki. Like, what the fuck is this? Eventually, he just got released. Yeah. He does, the documentary does say he found new life mentoring younger talent and he forms a bond with like the Young Bucks as well as Brian Cage. Brian Cage, who tells a heartwarming story about how he was wrestling Canyon and I guess Canyon had his own promotion for a bit and Canyon put him over even though Brian didn't want to. I think it was Brian Cage's like, oh, okay. Like Brian Cage's like little indie promotion. Okay. Well, still, he wanted to put Canyon over and Canyon was like, okay, I'll go over. But then he no, let. No, no, he is like freaking, he's just like, no, I want you to go over. You're the star. He's like, no, it's your hometown. I yeah, can yeah. lose to you. It's totally fine. That's what it was, yeah. Because Canyon was, you know, pretty nice. Like, Canyon was a really cool dude. This is the thing where we get, like, the 2000s indie scene. Yeah. And, like, Canyon existed, but he helped a lot of, like, what, like, these, like, su- like wrestling superstars now. They definitely painted up as, like, he was a crucial part in basically setting up the modern world of wrestling. The modern world, and for sure, at least I know, reading the Young Bucks book, the freaking SoCal, like, freaking at indie least, wrestling scene. At least, what, 15 to 14 years at least before it really happened, you know? Yeah, no. Forget for like all the two thousands, like dude, Canyon was like the like seemed like Canyon was the dude that was helping all like the yeah. freaking young indie because be- don't get talents, me like, don't get, get, get me wrong. Footing. I'm not talking about mod- wrestling where it's like you know we're talking OVW where you had you know Brock Cena and Batista, and I'm not talking ROH in a couple years after this where you would have you know Punk, Brian, and Samoa Joe. No, no, that would be around the same time. That'd be around this time. I'm talking no, no, when like, you're saying OV like OVW and ROH. Yeah. I'm like. Dude, CM Punk and that OVW, like when that shit was. No, going that's on what the same I mean. Time. The mod, the wrestling world that Canyon helped set up is the one that came to fruition from like twenty, like let's just say ten to like well now. Say twenty fifteen to now. I twenty fifteen is really when it popped off, but it was laying the groundwork around that time. Yeah, no, but that's all the laying the groundwork. I'm talking about where it actually started where it actually, popping off. No, you're right. Like, you're 2015 right. Twenty fifteen to now, and it, pro- it seems like a lot of like Canyon help out a lot of like the peeps that you're seeing these for days. for real. 
And then Luke Hawk comes on to prove your point and talks about his relationship with him. How Hawk apparent? If I remember, if I read, the, if I listened to this right, Hawk lost his house in a hurricane, and Canyon was like, he lost his house in Katrina. Katrina, yeah. And Canyon was like, bro, you can stay with me for a bit. Yeah, dude, don't even have to pay. Yeah. Just live with me, son. You're, I got you. And I'm like, man, this is really heartwarming. And then they tell a story about how Canyon saw aliens. No, it's like, no, they would say Canyon would be up like three days in a row at a time. Yeah. So he would get like the sleep deprived like thing and start seeing weird shit like shadow people or aliens. And he would blame it on the Scientology sh- church like down the road. <laughs> and freaking like he says, like, I'm going to go break into that fucking church. I'm going to see the fucking aliens. And they had to wrestle him down and like tie him up. Right. Yeah. So then he actually would crash the fuck out and stop wanting to break into the church of Scientology. But then he just wake up and then keep going back at it a hundred freaking out. I don't know if they said that, but whatever. Then they, they say did. he finally was actually diagnosed with bipolar yes. disorder. And then around this part of the documentary says he started opening up opening up of him being gay. Yeah, I don't know if they said he was the first peep. They were the first people they came out to, but uh, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks, Cage, and Hawk do say that he came out to them. Uh, Hawk was like, alright, man, that's cool. The Bucks were accept- we were accepting of it, and Brian Cage, let me, let me explain this. Uh, Canyon meant so much to Brian Cage that at first, back at this time period in the year of our Lord, 2000, whatever the fuck, Brian Cage, at first, he said he was like, oh, man, because, you know, um, uh, you know, you know, thoughts about, you know, whatever. But then Brian Cage was like, wait a minute. In the span of like a minute, Brian Cage said he was like, wait a minute. That doesn't change anything. Canyon's great. And like K of Canyon coming out to him helped like, you know, Brian Cage overcome certain like social things and be more accepting the things because Canyon meant that much to him. Yeah. No, I'm like, bro, that's fucking heartwarming. Yeah. No, Canyon's awesome. And yeah, no, he like opened up to the bucks too and stuff about it. And it's like, dude, okay, cool. Yeah. It, it literally, it just seemed like it was all this big thing where he just felt like he would just be like freaking like, hated, you know, hated and shunned. But when he was told, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, that doesn't make us hate you. Yeah, man. We just like you. <laughs> yeah. We still think you're awesome. We don't care if you like, or like freaking gay. Yeah. Then Mitchell talks about how at this point Canyon, you know, because he had been so accepted by his friends, he wanted to try to be a role model, you know, be an openly gay wrestler. He actually came out at an indie show in 2006, World Wrestling Legends. Wrestling DDP. Yeah. And while there were a lot of supportive people, Mitchell says it just wasn't that big of a deal at the time. And then things get interesting. Of all fucking things to bring up on Dark Side of the Ring, they they mentioned the wrestler Orlando fucking well, Jordan. They mention it because like Canyon got envious that no, yeah, yeah, like yeah. WWE was like pushing Orlando Jordan, and I think he like freeing was able to like say he was an openly gay wrestler. Yeah, and he himself was like, well, damn it, no, I like did this first, but I, he's getting all the WWF WWE starlight. I think I think they made Orlando Jordan bisexual in storyline, but in real life, I believe Orlando Jordan is is uh, full on the gay or he's bisexual who knows I don't know but then oh and then that's according to Canyon's email because oh yeah he sends a fat fucking email to Stephanie McMahon I have it here well I have a picture of it I didn't write it down but basically to sum it up he told her she he wanted to be he had an idea for a storyline to be the first openly gay athlete across the five major American sports baseball basketball football wrestling and the fifth one um, the fifth one. He's basically not stoked because he feels they stole his idea. It's actually kind of an interesting thing. They say earlier that he, Mitchell says earlier that 
um, what's his name, uh, Canyon felt that they stole his gimmick, you know, the gay wrestler. And Mitchell's like, you don't have a patent on being a gay wrestler, Canyon. And because Canyon says in his letter to Stephanie that he had told the idea, apparently, to some backstage folks at rest at WWE. So he feels like they sort of jacked his idea and it's making him not feel good. So Stephanie, I guess, wrote him back and she's like, hey, I got to talk to my people and just never got back to him. So there you go. Then after, did I hear this right? After WrestleMania 20 goes off the yes. air, Canyon st- stormed the ring. Yeah, Canyon kept on doing weird shit. Yeah, like after WrestleMania 20, he like hopped over the barrier and then like, yeah, stormed into the ring. But then he found himself invited into the WrestleMania 20 after party and he yeah. went up to Vince McMahon and harassed him and shit. Yeah. And apparently he would like show up at live shows and shout shit. This point, yeah, he would just try to do weird shit to cause like this was controversy. Like, this was like when Enzo Amore got released. Yes. <laughs> no, we could say that, yeah. Except Similar. I don't know if Canyon rolled up to that one event wearing a weird wig. Oh my god. I remember when that happened. Oh, yeah, and Enzo oh, Amore getting tackled by that beefy security lady. That was fucking funny, dude. Just to promote his show that he was performing down at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and, like, no one showed up to that show, too. I would have gone to that show. If I, I would have gone to, the to the show, too, if I was in L.A., but I wasn't. <laughs> uh, look at you, smock, mock, motherfucking son of a bitch. I forget how his song went. So that happens. And then the Bucks talk about how Canyon basically called them and told him he was uh, going to kill himself. Canyon told Matt Jackson, well, Matt, Matt Jackson, yeah, while he was yeah. getting out of the shower, and he's like, oh, hey, it's Canyon. I'll answer the phone call to Canyon. And he's just tell, like, yeah, he was told he wanted to commit suicide. And then, like, Matt Jackson, like, was he able said, to talk to him, him. He told Matt to pray for him. And the and the Young Bucks are good Christian boys, so they take that seriously. So, yeah, and it just sounds like a real intense thing. Oh, and then they bring up how it's John Cena. Well, they talk about how Canyon was a regular on like the Howard, Howard Stern, Stern show. show. Yeah, he would be a reoccurring character, and just he would be like a wrestler, but he would also be like freaking. He would just like uh, knock down like he would just like crack gay jokes. Yeah, yeah. And then they had Cena on there talking about Canyon, and I guess some people were pissed about the stuff they heard Cena say. That clip's been on YouTube for years. Yeah. Um, but then they cut to Canyon. Well, they like say that like Chris Canyon just wasn't good enough for the WWE. Well, and you got all like the indie stars. Like, dude, Canyon's like one of the best wrestlers ever. Yeah, and then you had Ric Flair on. Oh, this was a burial of all burials. And Rick basically says, "Yeah, man, you suck." To it, like him on the phone on the air. And Ric Flair is one of his idols. I'm just like, dude, oh, that is brutal. And Rick basically says, yeah, you suck and you've got problems because of your personal life. And I don't think they showed this in the show, but I believe he, at one point Ric Flair referred to Canyon being gay as his choice. Which, yeah. Dude, the second episode kind of burying Ric Flair. Yeah. Oh, man. And you know what's funny? Ric Flair made a post on Twitter after Hell, uh, Playing Right From Hell came out, but he made a post. He talked. He made a post before this episode came out, being like, "Hey, man, you know, whatever. What happened happened." You've got all those wrestling fans on Twitter being like, "You know, they're just trying to cancel Ric Flair for clout." This happened 20 years ago or whatever. And I'm like, whatever. I don't want to get into that talk. But yeah. Well, it just pisses me off. It's just more like, it just sucks. Just- you know what? I'll say it as this. They said it in the plane ride from hell. He's a made man. And he never got punished for any bad shit he did. 
that's all I'll say about that. Oh, what do, oh yeah, so yeah, after all the they Howard fucked Tommy Dreamer though. Impact. I don't know if we talked about it on podcast. I think we did, but oh, Impact yeah. fucking basically fired him. Yeah, like or suspended him indefinitely. But yeah. he, Tommy Dreamer was kind of acting like a cocky piece of shit on that episode. Well, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, my sympathy is kind of a little low on you, Tommy Dreamer. Then Canyon apparently is at a bar after a thing after like, uh, a really like, bad local show. Yeah, he had like a bad indie match and freaking just wasn't on it but at the bar he was just like cracking jokes and like everyone was paying attention to him and stuff this seems like yeah no after like once they wrapped up drinking in the bar like he was like having a heart-to-heart with james mitchell and freaking he like james mitchell was just sitting there i was like dude i'm getting the vibe he's actually gonna go through this no they talked about that Kane was really sore and he was going like yeah, yeah Kane, why are you all sore i was like dude i tried to jump in front of a vehicle like yeah yeah other, that happened like before. yesterday and then they argue um they argue for a bit but then at one point canyon just weirdly just stops they hug each other and then mitchell had a flight so canyon was well, no mitchell realized well going on the fly is like yeah you know what i sense that can is actually gonna go through it with this time there's a little bit he's bef- actually gonna commit suicide there's a little and then mitchell on the plane was just bawling his eyes out there's realizing little, that his best friend's gonna pass away there's a little bit before that too where canyon actually drives mitchell to the airport and they're you know they're talking about old times you know they're laughing howling and then they have a big goodbye and um it, it's just like you said, Mitchell said that, which is actually a thing with um, not all the time, obviously, but with some folks that commit suicide. You know, a lot of people mention, hey, you know, right before, you know, they did it, they just seem so happy, you know, and calm and whatever. And I, and that's because the way people talk about it is uh, it's because they're convinced in their mind they're going to do it. So they're at peace. And that's why they seem all, you know. And then, yeah, they talk about how he called him like every day, multiple times for like 10 weeks. And he never and Kenny never picked up until he got a call that he was gone. And I wrote and I'm not going to lie. I, I started like wanting to cry a little bit because the build up to that, it, it was pretty fucking sad. Yeah, no, it he was, was a, 40 years old. Yeah, no, it was a frigate build up to that. So, yeah, he passed away in 2010 and he yeah. overdosed on antidepressants. Was uh, WWE actually I gave him a tribute. Um, when it happened so I guess that's good cool by the way the part we're not saying is because I think we keep forgetting to mention it Canyon was convinced that he got let go because he's gay and oh yeah dude yeah we just ran through that earlier Canyon was of the belief that they got rid of him he didn't get pushed and that Ric Flair and And I think he thought this about John Cena too but Ric Flair at least it was just because he was gay yeah and like that beating he took when like dressed up as boy George was because like they found out he was gay and it's like oh yeah that's why they told him to sing like a slur yeah which that's why earlier I was like man fuck wrestling but anyway Mitchell and Hawk are crying, talking about how much they loved him. Mitchell urges viewers, you know, if they know anyone that's going through things, to talk to them, try to help them. They show footage of AEW guys wrestling and sinking it up to Canyon Moose, trying to say he inspired them. I feel like I could have done without that a little bit. And no, it's but not like beca- these, like, for sure, I can see Brian K. Like, no, it, I've read the Young Bucks book. Canyon did play a huge part. No, in there. of course. So it does make sense. So, but yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, if you're, if you feel it's more sad than dark, this episode, it gets dark, but man, it's just, 
I mean, I feel like any story that ends with suicide is going to be sad, but man. And really dark. Yeah. And it's just like, man, it's just. Mitchell said it best. Um, Canyon was a tortured soul. Well, you know where the story was going. No, we I did. Last but it episode, still I didn't know where the story was going. I thought, I felt bad because I told you last week, I thought the, the, it was going to be fun, dumb party shenanigans. I expected Dark Side of Football, but I got like, Dark Side I of knew, the like, Ring. I knew like Canyon had a, like, a free and like, unlike. Oh god, I don't have the word. Like I, I just I knew that. What, like I think he, no, I just think he just like I think he committed suicide in the end, and so yeah. I was like getting there. It's like I think this is where the story goes, and it's like yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like and the then Bri- we just ha- whoa. No, I say it's like the Brian Pillman one. I mean, you know where that's going, but it still hits you when they talk about no, it. No, it's like they talk about, but then they talk about what happened after. Yeah, it. that's yeah. where it's like, oh my fucking god, damn it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, he, like, dies. Like, Brian Pillman dies. But then we talk about fucking, oh, yeah, abusive dad throwing the GameCube across the fucking living room. I'm not going to say fuck your GameCube. Um, we're so fucked up. He's trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh at the GameCube thing. Because Brian Pillman Jr. is just deserves hugs. Yeah. But no, he talking about hugs. But yeah, thoughts on this Canyon episode. It's, well, uh, we forgot to mention how the episode ends with like oh, yeah, James yeah. Mitchell saying, like, dude, if I could just whip out a Ouija board and actually talk to him and stuff, yeah. it's like free. It would be like the greatest thing. And I would try to hug him and he will just like, I was like, hey, you fucking missed. <laughs> ah! Ah! Yeah, I'll say yeah. This was a this was a really good one. Tugged at the heartstrings, uh, you know. Rest in peace, Canyon. He was a. It's like Mitchell said, he was a tortured soul, and yeah, he. Um, mental. It's suicide is always going to be like a sad thing in general, um, but especially when there's like mental health involved. Especially when we know we know so much more now than we did back even in 2010 and it's just man you know you, you just kind of think about it it's like man if only he could have gotten some like some better help you know like sooner and especially if wrestling wasn't just such a toxic environment back then see it's times like this where I get pissed at like the Undertaker who's my favorite wrestler of all time when he complained that you know all the guys are just nerds playing video games now and I know I complained about this last episode but it's like you know what at least they're not going fucking insane like canyon and and yeah no and just yeah someone posted on twitter they're like the plot twist of dark side of the ring is that the real dark side of the ring is just the whole fucking industry but yeah good episode oh i know it was an awesome episode and i gotta take a pee again okay free and we'll be back with rock love (sighs) had a good piss all right listeners we'll be back next week with free and fmw the dark side of ring doing a special the episode's gonna be about FMW. It's gonna be sick. There's gonna be a lot of exploding shit. Uh, and a ske- and sketchy Japanese gentleman. And it's gonna be it's all centered around wrestling god Onita. All right, let's now get away from like a very depressive like very depressive life to uh, another very annoying depressive life. Does he have a depressive life, or is it just depressing sounding to us? It's just depressing that we have to deal with it. But <laughs> we're back today with some rock love. And honestly, this episode didn't really suck as much. Not too bad, no. Like, I think we could survive this time. Like, yes. the last couple episodes were just bad and boring. Yes. This wasn't half bad. I this, didn't. I have felt entertained. This one didn't have me wanting to pull out what little hair I have left. So, let's just get it started here. Well, 
to recap last time, oh, yeah, go ahead. we got a very disappointing, very defensive-heavy game of Mud Bowl. Not really <laughs> much entertainment there. Yeah, Jennifer got wrecked off the show. Like her, like dad passed away, but she was kind of stuck on the show. And then she talked to Brett, and then Brett called her Taya, not remembering her name, so she kind of got wrecked. And then also, forget Brett had uh, sexy times with Mindy. Allegedly. Allegedly. They totally boned you guys. They totally boned you guys. Okay. And now then. No, I don't want to. Whoa. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hey, show you things you... Fuck, wrong version. <laughs> Let me introduce myself. I'm going to get you off like there's no one else. Get it? It's about sex, you guys. It's about sex. Please let me be your dirty secret, your flesh and blood, your rock of love. I think I fucked that up. Rock of love, love. Look at my blonde hair flowing in the fucking wind. Yeah, or the wind machine the in wind the machine. fucking green in the green room. <laughs> in the green screen. Yeah. So it's morning. Yes. There's not much to say. The ladies just get ready and they go to the bus and they're gonna go head to Alabama. The note did not say anything quirky describing how many ladies were there. I just wrote here that Ashley says a new one of the new girls went home and then she called her lame. And then she's like, I don't know lame. why they're even here. And I'm like, it's because you are lame. Then, yes, they walk outside and they're going to Alabama. They not really say with any specific town. They're just going to Alabama. My dad says Alabama like that every time him and my mom watch an Alabama game because mom goes for Clemson. So he's always like every he's always trolling her by going the Crimson Tide for like four hours. Every <laughs> Crimson, game. Tide. Crimson Tide, Dan. So they're going. That doesn't sound like that mostly. So they're going somewhere and Taya tells everyone that apparently she just got told the night prior she won penthouse pet of the year yes I researched it and yes she did actually get penthouse pet of the year of 2009 so it is legit which like those claims and then Mindy and her talking head and Britannia they're just like oh my god here she goes talking about the penthouse pet thing again I'm like like, she's a penthouse pet oh she's penthouse pet of the year I I don't think she's really talked about it that much well we're not the ones being that are actually hanging out with her 24-7 and apparently we just see what's edited to us and apparently Beverly who's probably the friendliest out of all of them she even she's annoyed with Taya and I'm like I think Taya is one of the more tolerable ones on here besides like Beverly and I liked Kelsey a little bit before this episode but so they're going somewhere like I said and they get to the spot and it looks like it's at like a track and field place they There's go a, to a truck stop it's a truck stop there's a big fucking crowd and like they Brett got says, to do- <laughs> Brett says, Brett says, welcome to the truck stop games. And I'm like, what? So, yeah, I'm like, OK, where's this going? There's three teams, blue, green and yellow. And he says it right off the bat. Um, blue teams, Beverly, Ashley and Cammy. Greens, Jamie, Mindy, and Britannia. And the yellow team is Kelsey Ferrantia. Did you notice? Did you notice Brett had a little cheat sheet on hand he was reading from so he wouldn't forget their names? <laughs> uh, so Brett's, Yeah, Brett gives zero fucks this season. So Brett's But he's says, getting laid. Yeah. Some fucking how. He's getting laid. So Brett says he has a panel of trucker judges. And I know I shouldn't say this. These three trucker judges. They look like some fucking Trumpers. They look like <laughs> the kind so of Trump thumpers. They look like the kind of guys that would get mad at you for asking them, them to wear a mask. I had a guy yes. come in today that came in. He was with like his daughter or whatever. Nice guy. But his he had a black face mask on and on the face mask was the text 
This mask is as useless as Biden. Mm, cool. I'm like, I w- man, I wonder what fucking political alignment he's for. Yeah. So Farrah says... At least he wore a mask, though. Yeah. But, but fucking Farrah. She says, we're going to win because I'm blonde and I have big boobs. Okay, then. We'll see how that strategy works out. So the challenge is... The first one is a beer belly splash. Flop. One girl for me. I just have beer belly splash. Well, that's what it is, really. They belly flop into like not beer, fizzy water. I hope it's not beer because that would be disgusting. Yes. So, yeah, one girl from each team jumps into a pool and the score is ranked by the biggest splash. I just have the girls and their scores. Jamie goes first. She got a score of 25. 898. Oh, you actually got those scores. Well, either or. Whatever. So she scored, got 25 points for the green team. Beverly, who looks like a full on meal, got a nine, 9.5, and a nine, which is what's that? Like fucking 27. She got her score for the blue team was 27.5. Yeah. And then Kelsey takes. No, you go. go. I was going to say, Kelsey with strategy goes like, okay, I could do what they're doing, but you know what? I'm going to take off my bra, like still wear a shirt. And she jumps into the, like the beer. She doesn't have a good splash. No. But I presume she has very, um, I'm sure her boobs are looking like, <laughs> there's not much to imagination. So the truckers were like 10, 9.5, 9.5. So she scores 29 for the yellow team. Oh, man. Stripper. Next is stripper pole gymnastics. It's pretty, it's, pretty self-explanatory they just have to do it da- like they have to sh- do like a dance on the stripper pole britannia goes and she gets shrekt she there's claims that she's a go-go dancer and she got this i don't know why they thought that because go-go dancing is not fucking pole dancing <laughs> but yeah she gets three fives yeah no she was just bad she was just like has no body coordination cammy goes up and oh, yeah, I- green team's up to a score of 40 yeah cammy goes up and i don't know why but when she started doing the pole dancing, they played like weird Matrix knockoff slow-mo music. Yeah. <laughs> you got that too? No, I got that from Reality Graveyard Chick. <laughs> they just sound like, she sounds like, uh, this sounds like horror movie music. She seems like she's about to whip your ass. But Cammie still like says that she was a stripper for 10 years and it shows. She, got, she like freaking whips ass on the pole. She got a 10, a 10 and a half and a 10 for 35. 10 and a half? I thought I, well, I have 10.5. It should be like a nine and a half. Oh, I probably typed it wrong. But yeah. Well, then, yeah, she got a really good score. Yeah, that brings the blue team up to 58 points. And then. Also, we found out, I guess, Ashley's a stripper, too. I feel like they mentioned that. They mentioned it the whole. In the, the very they first episode the sh- once. They mentioned in the show that Farrah and Ashley are strippers. I, I feel like they mentioned that in, like, the first episode, probably, like, once and then never well, again. Well, explains those massive titties. <laughs> So Tay is up. But like, then why didn't like fucking Ashley do the strip to tease? But I guess Cammy's 10 years experience. So she's yeah. like, oh, I'm 10 years experience. I got this. And she yeah. whipped it. Like, dude, the fucking like the big hefty like freaking trucker judges look like they were freaking heaving. Hobie. Brett also, I think, I don't know if he fell on the ground for Cammy, but he seemed like he was like, whoa, he was into There's it. There's a little something. But then next is Taya. And apparently she's a super duper stripper because she kills it. In fact, in Brett fact, falls down to his knees just going, oh my God. She's so good. Farah, who's on her team, I think, gets pissed off. Because she's like, she talks down to us. 
me and Ashley for being strippers. I've never but then heard I'm saying it's like I'm thinking I'm being Scooby and Shaggy, <laughs> and I figured out Taya's a stripper. I'm like, wow, big fucking brain there. Yeah, no, big brain or she, big boot. <laughs> she she gets, big booted her way out of that one. She gets nine and a half, nine and nine and a half. So yeah, I guess Cammy was just still better. <sighs> so then lastly. The dog and dash relay. This is some complex bullshit. They need to run, grab a hot dog, fix up the hot dog, pass off the hot dog, run through tires, slip down a slip and slide, hop over three fat dudes, <laughs> and, hand it to the ju- and then hand a hot dog to the judges. Did you notice? He said they need to hop over three beer belly truck drivers, but these guys... We're literally holding beers over their bellies. Massive bellies. And they were fat. <laughs> Fucking big brain jokes, dude. I haven't seen brains this big since Steven Seagal. So now I wrote down like now the dog and dash. I hope ever got all the shit that was like they explained because I'm not going to bother. <laughs> and you did. I did. Do you guys want to hear it again? No. They have to get the hot dog. How about, hey, let's just talk about they green have to team. Fix the hot dog. Pass off the hot dog. Okay, I won't torture you. But it's fucking gnarly. It's a fucking convoluted mess. <laughs> so, for Green Team, I wrote, nothing really dramatic happens. It's just that I forget who did the sliding, but they suck, and their ball... Yeah, I think Mindy, ball, yeah, no, Mindy, like, slid on her gut yeah. and freaking just wrecked the hot dog. And, like, she gave a hot, soggy hot dog to the judges. The first guy still ate it, though. They, you, dude, they all were sharing the same hot dog. I'm like, this oh. is before COVID. Oh, <laughs> there's ever a chance of it being before COVID. Where she scores up, she gets the uh, she gets seven, seven and a half, and seven and a half. So yeah, that's, no, she brings uh, the green team twenty one. Yeah, yeah, she brings the green team out to a final score of sixty two points. Okay, blue team, and I'm gonna say this, Ashley, a bomb. She was pretty legit. She she slid on the thing. She hit that, she slid she on hit her that knees. power slide. Yeah, she did a power slide on her knees. That was tight. She gets an eight, eight and a half. And then the fucking fat guy at the end gives her a seven and a half. I'm like, listen, I hate Ashley, but that was pretty legit. She hit that power slide like Pete fucking Townsend. And then yellow team. Oh, my God. So, listen, Farah. At one point, Farah drops the hot dog. She's the one that slides. I think she drops the bun. Yeah. And I know, yeah, and I know how to say this. But what happened next was the dumbest, funniest, worst, awesome shit in this show. Hey, to actually bring back, what did Farrah say before the competition? <laughs> she said, "We're Tarantinoing it." She said, "We're gonna win because I got big boobs and I'm blonde." So, so what happens is they're getting ready to score them. The judges are, and Farrah in the talking head says, "I've got a plan B." So she flashes them her big boobs and gets two nines. Then for the last judge, before he puts up the card, she she just flashes this cleavage, cleavage. but still she fucking runs up to the third judge and kisses him for another nine to win. Beverly out of all of them is so fucking pissed. And I feel I should have been too, but that shit was so ridiculous, bro. I was howling. Yeah, I know. It was I was like, howling. Yeah, you know what? Fair is growing on me. Yeah. When she said, and I hate that. I said it last week. I hate that. I know. When she says, like, I think I'm Scooby and shagging this, I'm just like, 
Yeah, you know, at first get becoming pretty likable. I don't even know if she's become. I don't know if this is Stockholm syndrome or what. Maybe you shouldn't judge a book by their big boobed cover. So whatever. Yellow team wins the truck stop games, and the yellow team was Farrah, Kelsey, and Taya. But then something strange happened. Brett did something nice, and well, not even nice. He did something kind of fair, really nice. So what happens is they all go back to the hotel and he well, goes... Well, they go to the hotel. Yeah. And he goes... Because they, they stopped at the truck stop. Right. So and they went to Decatur, Alabama, yeah. which they go like, what the fuck is it? I didn't know there was a Decatur in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brett rolls in. He goes to talk to the blue team, Ashley, Cammie, and Beverly. And he, he goes up to them and he says, listen, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, listen, yeah, you guys go- got screwed by Farrah's tits. So you know what? I'm going to hang out with you guys on the bus tonight. Yeah, we're going to have a chillin', like just a chillin' date. I'm like, man, that's nice. It started off nice. I just know it's like they're on there and forget. Yeah, no, Ashley's not wearing a bra, so we just got nothing but hard nips from her. Beverly's just wearing an unbuttoned shirt and nothing else. Just casualin'. Yeah. Dude, Beverly and Cammy are just casualin'. And then, yeah, no, like, it, like, freaking Ashley looks like she's about to go to bed or something. Yeah. So they hang out. It goes on for the most part. Ashley is just dripping all over Brett. And then all four of them go into his room. Boy, Brett plays a shitty ballad. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cammie said some shit like, it's so sexy watching Brett play, but even more when he's playing a song and it's like directed at you. You're like standing right in, you're <laughs> sitting right in front of him. And Ashley's just like drooped behind him. All his and song, Beverly's just chilling up. All his ballads sound the fucking same, James. It's the same fucking chords. The same progression. The same subject. So then, all four of them... No. Stay with me on this, audience. All four of them go into his room. And apparently, they totally bone you guys. Or something. Psych! <laughs> they go back into the room. Cammy and Beverly do. And they're like... Yo, fuck this Ashley. She's a slut. She ruined the night. She's just dripping on Brett. Well, like, they come back from, like, the bus, and Cammy talks to Taya and Mindy, and she talks about A-Ball, because, like, to go to the back of Brett's bus, and freaking Ashley, suppose, just rips off her shorts. I'm just like, so she's just getting fucking nude and about to fucking bone down with Brett, and she's you about guys to spit just, on his dick and call it a blowjob. Yeah, and, like, the freaking, and then, like, Beverly and Cammy are just sitting there, it's like, we don't want to watch you guys have sex. Actually, they had like a quick conversation prior earlier talking about like jealousy and stuff. And like Cammy and Beverly was like, we don't want to share our man. That would suck. And Ashley's like, I don't care. I don't care if you want to like other chicks. So let me join in. I think that's what Brett likes. I don't think even Brett knows what Brett likes. No. So then next morning, Cammy goes to talk to Brett and she's like, I want to go. I can't handle this. And Brett, between talking to her and the talking heads. Well, Brett's going like, I can't remember what happened last night. I must have been plastered. And Brett is like, to her and in the talking heads, just like, well, shit, I fucked up. I'm sorry. And then, yeah, she just fucking leaves. She's and, gone from the show now. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to deal with man skink Brett. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, Cammy leaves. I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. We have like someone leaving. Okay. Something's going on now. And fucking, she's having this tearful conversation with Beverly and so- Taya and someone else. And fucking, I hated Farrah, myself. Ashley, and Kelsey. I hated myself for laughing. Ashley, Farrah, and Kelsey are like dancing in the background. Yeah, they're just and, beep bopping away going like, oh my God, <laughs> someone left. Yay. And Farrah's like, ums, ums, ums. Like, yeah, get out of here, bitch. And then they cut, <laughs> then, they cu- here, then they cut to a side view of 
Cammy being sad. And then behind her outside, the three of them are just dancing. I'm like, fuck me, man. Why is that funny? Why are Farrah and Ashley, maybe Farrah more than Ashley, but why it's are these two? Fair. Why is Farrah fucking growing on me? <laughs> she's like, she's like old Disney bad guys. She's so one dimensional that it's kind of fun. So for the other team's date, they go to an amusement park. I'm like, yo, that's fucking sick. That's a great date. Yeah, no, because Bress is like, uh, like earlier in the competition, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to take you guys on the most awesome date. He takes them to an amusement park where no one's there. I'm like, that is an awesome date. That's fucking awesome. I'm going to go ride Space Mountain like 10, 10 times now. <laughs> so Team 10. 10 times. Team t- no, Team 10 is the name of uh, Jake Paul's uh, group of boys. Mm, lame. Team 10. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. quote, our friend Farrah in the show, lame. Yeah, so what happened? So part where that partially came from was KSI and a bunch of those guys used to be part of this big group. So, but then they splintered off into these weird groups for, in my opinion, like fake beef for money. There was like there was the Sidemen and Team Ten, and Jake Paul was in was in was in Team Ten. I think he referenced it in his classic. It's every day, bro. <laughs> so there's some history for you guys that no one cares about. That's my favorite kind of history. Oh yeah. So the first thing they do is go on the bumper cars. It's pretty cool, man. They go on the bumper cars. They ride roller coasters. And it's one of those like legit, like old, dangerous wooden coasters. Brett wins them a prize. It's a Ferris wheel. All they were missing was like a petting zoo where they could like pat a llama and like feed it some nuts. That's all they were missing. <sighs> and yeah, they're having fun. They're having fun. So now onto the Ferris wheel. Brett gets a one-on-one combo with Ferris. Who just talks shit on yeah, Taya. Yeah, she, she just buries Taya. Just talking about like she just, just seems like she's only here for a penthouse and stuff. And she's yeah. like, oh. Kelsey she, hangs out she with. She goes like, oh, she's a penthouse pet this year and stuff. Like, a oh, big whip. And then she also like <laughs> makes it. And she like belittles me and asks you for being strippers. But she's totes a stripper. Come on. Kelsey talks to Brett. I forget what they do to hang out together. But they, they hang like, out They like talk about. Dude, all Kelsey says is like. I go for guy. I go for looks on a guy, and then personality. Maybe personality, but sometimes that doesn't work out. So I usually stick to looks on a guy. And then she kisses Brett, and she's like, "Yeah, kissing Brett just lights my world on fire." And Farrah's just like, "Kelsey looks like she's kissing her dad." Lol. Brett doesn't have any real one-on-one time with Taya. I think they rode in the same car when they went on like the roller yeah. coaster, but they didn't like talk. So then on the bus, Farrah confronts Taya about being a stripper. They argue. Farrah thinks. That Taya is fake and is just trying to further like her career. You're only here because of penthouse, trying yeah. to maybe be a penthouse pet and of Kel- the year. And she's like, I'm already the penthouse pet of the year. And then Kelsey's like, Taya isn't even your real name. Yeah. Lord. I just find it weird that everyone just randomly hates Taya now. It's, it's weird. Taya must be a fucking punisher about her penthouse stuff. Well, we haven't seen that. Well, blame the show for not showing I that. am blaming the show. It's like with Christy Joe. They wanted us to hate Christy Joe in season two, but Christy Joe was the one we liked. Yeah, she was like the most like relatable person. So then we cut to Iron Horse Cat. Iron Horse Cafe, not Iron Whore Cafe, because Brett has a oh, show. No. <laughs> this is like well, a fl- <laughs> this turns into a horse show at some point. Farrah and Kelsey are drunk as skunks. Yeah, because they're just getting fucking smashed on the bus. Yeah. Big John pulls them aside and tells them to be on their best behavior. Like He pulls all the ladies aside. He's like, hey, it's an intimate show tonight because they're playing in a cafe. Yeah. So Brett's playing like a total like dive bar level show, like level show. It's filled out because yeah. like. 
has friend, like fans. I guess. Well, no, I'm not. I guess he does. He actually does. He has fans. I almost said friends. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but freaking yeah, he has fans. And there's a little VIP booth to the side of the stage where he has all the freaking ladies on the show like hanging out and stuff. And like Big John's like, hey, please be on your best behavior. And like he says, you're his representatives. And you gotta remember, they're in fucking who knows where Alabama. I'm yeah, sure somewhere. a very conservative, uh, conservative. Uh, God damn it. Environment? No. Culture. Very conservative. Community? I would just say more of a conservative culture. All I know is Kelsey, in this order, Kelsey starts humping Farah, then she fondles Farah, then she makes out with Farah, and then the two of them basically start having full-clothed lesbian sex. And, like, it has her show, have her, like, showing Farah's boobs, and, like, as I said... They're in a very conservative, uh, freaking culture community. No one was telling them to stop. Well, well, ex- well, obviously, we see we see them doing a lot of smutty shit and freaking and like you see like the peeps watching. I don't think they were too stoked. And Brett's just going like, "Yo, Big John, deal with it." Oh, this is funny. Big John pulls them to the back and he is scolding them like they're fucking five years old. He literally tells them, I told you to be on your best behavior. How many times do I have to go sit on the bus and think about it? <laughs> he literally tells them to sit on the bus it's and like, think you about what they did. Yeah, no more at the show. Go on that bus and think about it. Like you are representing Brett Michaels. And it's just like, bro, don't you just love Big John? Yeah, I just love it. It's like, look at that. Brett Michaels has a career where he needs to keep a clean, like keep clean looking slate. You can't be having a smut show oh yeah totally that's totally even though he made a fucking sex tape well people it's ho- long well people in hollywood make sex tapes all the time his just leaked yeah that's true so then kelsey's on the bus and she throws a fucking fit she starts yelling cussing doing the whole get the cameras out of my face yeah no she like bounces out of the bus and just yelling it's like i don't even want to be i don't even like this show i don't even care for him and then she just like freaking ends up just like hanging like crying on a freaking speed bump kelsey's crying at one point she says I, she says it's just like this i don't give a fuck about brett <laughs> i'm like ha like, i wrote lol then big john fucking Oscar of the decade, Big John comes out and he's like, hey, hey, pull yourself together, okay? Listen to me, listen to me. I don't want to be a dick. I, mean, I don't want to, no, go away. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be a dick, okay? But listen, I have to take care of Brett. And listen, I've seen what you've done. You've got a real shot at this. I've seen everything you've been through. It's not in vain. I'm like, bro, that was touching. Yeah. So then Beverly is like, think like, think for you. Think for you. Yeah. Then we kind of cut to elimination talking heads. Yeah, no, they literally say, oh, yeah, Brett plays the show. And it's like, oh, yeah, you guys got to go to elimination now. I'm like, damn. And I guess the reason why they cut so abruptly was because they actually showed them, like, walking to elimination. Kel- Beverly's talking like, yeah, Kelsey's cool, but she should probably leave him. She's, she's not ready to go about. home, but she's like has to feel like she has to freaking slam liquor. Ashley and Farah and Kelsey are drunk as fucking skunks, dude. They were like wrecked because they're trying to walk down into the, like the freaking elimination stage. Like they got all dolled up and wore dresses, but they're just like all like attached to each other, yeah, so that they don't all fall over at you once. You can hear the producer dudes t- trying to tell them where to stand, and then they're just falling all over the goddamn place, and. So first thing Brett does when he gets there, because man, and you know this has to be after a show. It's like yeah. Brett's voice is pretty hoarse. Yeah, so he's like, Kelsey, can you come down? Well, he doesn't sound like that. Yeah, he calls Kelsey out. He's like, he's, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically just like, you know, maybe this isn't right for you. I'm gonna send you home. And Kelsey's like, but I want to be here. It's like I want to be here. Like I rally myself up. I'm gonna hang. I'm like, I'm here. 
I'm going to do this. And then Brett's just like, nah, sorry. I'm going to kick you off the show now. Which I feel kind of bad about because for the last, what, Are you three? Sure? I'm, I'm kind of lolling. No, I am too. And but she's like got a tough face after being eliminated. I was like, whatever. Loser. I just find it funny because for the last like three episodes, after finally winning her first date with Brett, which was a plot point at one point, she just gets sent home. There's a funny zinger though before she leaves. She says, I'm going to go home. Not think about guys for a while. I'm going to be single. But the next guy I see probably won't be 44. <laughs> I'm not going to date some guy that's 44 or a rock star. Oh, I lulled. I love it how half the girls that when they get sent home, she just throws some shade at Brett because they don't even really care about him anyway. Oh, this is great. I don't give a fuck about Brett. Oh, yeah, no. The best is then Brett calls out like it's like eliminate. Like, well, that was elimination. But yeah, he calls so out. But he calls out Farrah to Ashley and he's like pretty disgusted with their drunken shenanigans and they need to shape up and Ferris the sitter is like I'm so out of it I don't know what's happening right now same thing with Ashley Ashley's just not out of it hard nipples again there's a lot of Ashley hard nipples on this episode don't know if it's a good thing don't know if it's a bad thing that depends on your perception of things oh dude we totally forgot on like before elimination freaking Ashley just being a drunk mess on the bus and just fucking oh, God, slinging right. a fucking TV dinner around and Jamie just sitting yeah. there is like can you please she was like, trying go to make, away? You're like in my personal she space. She was trying to make food, right? And she's like, and the instructions. And then she's like, like remove the, the tray out of the box. Okay. And then, she, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then Jamie's just like, oh my God. Oh my God. These chicks are like so wild. I don't know if they're going to make it to elimination. Well, they did. They did. Brett scolds them. They probably won't dr- remember it. Yeah, they probably won't remember it. And then, yeah, no. The show episodes end. And in the credits, we have shenanigans of Ashley and Farrah at the freaking hotel picking out bitter berries in like whatever fucking bush that oh, yeah. uh, and then putting it in the fruit bowl and trying to make Kelsey eat it. That was episode of Rock Love. It honestly was the least worst thing. Yeah, I didn't uh, hate myself while we were talking about it, which is a first in a while. Yeah, I know. So next Maybe week. Maybe it's picking up. Oh, yeah. We're Maybe. Over, we're over halfway fucking done. Maybe it'll finally be kind of good. I just know we got one more episode, and then we got the Boyfriends episode. Oh, fuck. I hate those episodes. There's only been the one. Didn't they do it season one? No. Oh, they did. Well, I hated that episode. They, they did it in season two, and then they did the and then they did the Girlfriend episode and Daisy of Love. No, so. come on. You're going to be stoked. Heather comes back. What the fuck again? Yeah. Hey, Lacey returned. Big whoop. Yeah, but she was only on screen for like five minutes, maybe. Heather always has to hog the fucking... Remember in season two, she just stuck around for like two or three fucking episodes? No, I don't know if she sticks around for two or three episodes, but Heather does show up for the boyfriend in the episode. It's going to be awesome. Why didn't Brett just fucking go with her? She was literally everything he wanted. No, she was literally ride or die. No, because Brett's not there for like he says what he wants. Dude, Brett's a fuck. Dude, no, because Brett- Brett's fucking stupid. No, Brett just contradicts himself in the name of entertainment. Let's be That's real true. here. That's true. He has a baby mama and he has daughters and he looks like the fucking crypt keeper now. So I think he's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's our show. I guess we'll see you next week. Led Zeppelin three, Rock of Love three, episode fucking eight or whatever. Whatever the folks go to Dark of lo- Dark of Love. Dark side of the, the ring. Dark side of the ring. Which is technically season two, part three, so it's a bunch of threes next week. Or no, it's like a, no, it's season three part season two. Season part two, part three season three, part two, episode three. Yes. It'll be talking about FMW, and it should be sick. And Onita doing crazy shenanigans. I know. It's going to be awesome. Other than that, this is the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios. Adios.